across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the Terraces, on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, uh, not a lot of football to talk about apart from uh, um, Cambridge United and there's plenty to talk about there. Histon game off yesterday, City's game off to, uh, uh, as well yesterday and it was both um, both women's games are off as well. So uh, City uh, at home uh, to Seawood, that's been uh, postponed and United at home to Worthing, that's been postponed. So it's uh, welcome to uh, the, uh, the world of uh, From the Terraces during the winter months. But certainly plenty to talk about at uh, United. Obviously, uh, after another defeat uh, on Tuesday at Lincoln, um, uh, the, the shock decision, I think, is it, it, to, 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 to sack Mark Bonner. Um, yes, the results weren't good enough, but uh, I think like a lot of people, nobody thought it would actually happen, at least yet. Um, I will talk, well, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that uh, when, uh, when, when Matt joins us uh, shortly. But then of course they go out and beat uh, th- we can't score goals in the first in, in the first half of the game and all of a sudden they score three in what seven or eight minutes in the first half of that game uh, uh, um, same same players on the pitch D- uh, Jibs was on the uh, in defense and Glenn McConnell came on late but same players but uh, a very different performance. And we'll also be talking, no doubt, about uh, the uh, perspent- the potential uh, replacements to Mark. I've got the uh, latest betting odds, odds on favourite Danny Cowley. Um, I'm, I'm slowly coming around to the idea of that one. Uh, Interesting at the name, sorry, we've, we've run out of music, but it's worth talking about. Interesting some of the names that are in there. Um, but we'll talk about that uh, um, in a minute. Uh, since we're only talking about United today, we'll start with that one. Yeah, sorry, we were, we were just looking at the late, the latest betting. So, uh, you, I mean, I, you know, what, what you make of this, what what you will out of it. Um, I don't know what insight they've got, but because uh, um, the problem, I'm trying to think of the order because it's, it's kind of come up naturally. Uh, the problem I always think is that really what you want is a successful manager to come in and a successful manager generally tends to work for another club. And I think it's unlikely that we're going to pay money to get a manager released from another club. We're paying, uh, I'm assuming we're paying Mark Bonner uh, a fair bit of money given that he's still got 20, what, 34 months to run of his three-year contract or, or 22 of his 24, depending on what you believe was was actually signed. Um so what you end up with is all the managers that are out of work for one reason or another. So by definition, you know, they're not the best managers around. You you would think there's some with uh, good records, some with uh, uh, interesting 
variation than their records across clubs and those that have got what i would say you know well they're not not i would say they are statistically worse than uh, bonds's performance um so just looking at that 201 games in charge 79 wins 40 draws 82 losses uh, which is a win percent of 39.3 percent overall and it's actually 36.75 in the league 58 clean sheets 126 wins 126 games at home of which 35 are wins 92 games away 26 wins so yeah I mean, a lot of it was his. A lot of that record was damaged in the middle part of last season, and obviously in the last few weeks. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, where you where do you where do you look for a manager? You you have to go to the pool that's available because, as I say, we can't afford to compensate another club for it. And there are some interesting names in there: Danny Cowley, you would guess, Neil Harris, who left Gillingham in uh, fairly recently, Kevin Betts. He's the third favourite. Which, uh, and again, no no slight on him, but given that Barry Corr seems to be in charge, it seems odd that Barry Corr uh, is slightly less, slightly uh, slightly further out in the odds, eight to one versus ten to one. I, I'm, I'm not sure that either of them uh, will, will will really uh, be uh, considered. Nathan Jones is an interesting one. Um, uh, we've, we've had obviously run-ins with Nathan Jones before. Steve Cottrell's there. Gary Rowett's there at twenty-five to one, um, and then you get to Carl uh, Robinson thirty-three to one. Lee Bowyer thirty-three to one. <laughs> I was just looking at I was looking at the uh, the, the different kind of um, records, and some of these people have got much much worse records than uh, um, than, than Bonds has, and you wouldn't think that they much they'd be in there but i guess that's the thing is once i mean chris wilder's down there mark cooper's down there steve bruce is down there um ryan mason who's uh, uh taken over at spurs for i think seven or eight games over two over two periods is is in there ian holloway's there i mean I, literally the li- the list is uh, a, a fairly lengthy one i'm just looking at who's the complete outsider in this loads of them are oh no, they're all at 33 to one so uh um yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, hang on a second. We're keeping an eye on the FA Cup draw. And I've got my glasses on. Hang on. Uh, oh, that's an interesting one. We've got Blackburn Rovers at Blackburn um, for the third round of the FA Cup. Um, we'll talk about that one as well in a minute. Uh, it's kind of that it's, it's kind of that difficult one. It's a kind of former big club, not necessarily such a big club now. And you might, you might want more than that, but we'll come on to that one later on. Um... I guess first of all, uh, first of all, I should include Matt in the conversation, shouldn't I? First of all, first of all, while I'm getting Matt on the phone, I mean, I, I guess it's difficult to talk about because everybody's got different views about what happened. But Billy, I mean, shocked but not shocked, I think is the way we look at it. Yeah, I think because as someone who's had such a long connection with the club, and we haven't, I mean, it would be unlikely that we'll ever have that kind of manager ever again. It is, uh, it is like losing someone who knows the club inside and out. And on top of that, it was also a fan of the club, which in uh, modern football is not actually all that common. Um, but yeah, as we've mentioned, the results unfortunately haven't been good enough. Um, and in reality, you know, if it was someone else, then uh, they might have gone sooner, but we don't know. I'm just checking. Matt, are you there? Hi, Tim. How are you doing? <laughs> we just, we just, Billy was just talking on the, the subject of shocked, but not shocked on the the loss of Mark Bonner. Uh, y- your, your views on it? 
Yeah, I, I, I think it was a sad day. Um, I'm surprised that they did it when they did do it, the board. And um, But, you know, for me, I, I said it on last week's show, Tim, I, you know, I said I felt like the change was, was close by or it had to be done at some point. And, um, you know, they, they chose to do it after Tuesday night's game. And, yeah, as I say, I was a bit surprised about it. But I, I just felt we, we just reached... You know, uh, an end of an era, the the end of of Mark's sort of cycle in charge of us for now, and um, you know, as, as sad as it is, and it, it is really sad. You know, I've got a lot of respect. He gave us some fantastic memories. You know, at this football club, we we were just stagnating. We just weren't going anywhere. And you know, there was mixed messages coming out as well. You know, we're we're a good team. But we're not a we're not a League One team or a League One club. I think it was Tuesday night, and it's it's just things like that, you know, where you know the manager either feels like you know it, it was coming to the end, or they just weren't reacting to him. And um, you know, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about yesterday uh, pretty soon. But you know, he goes off with everybody's thanks and well wishes, and quite rightly so because he's probably you know, the, the second best manager that I, you know, I've seen at the football club and, you know, he was a loyal fan right to the end. And, um, you know, there will be another club that will benefit. I, I have no, no doubt of his skills and of his talents, but yeah, I, I think it was the right time. I'm surprised that, it, you know, it did come when it did come. I thought he might've got yesterday, but yeah, I, I think the change had to be made and, uh, you know, the board, the board showed some steel and, and made the decision. Yeah, and I think I mean we'd all spoken about how how you know they'd literally just given him the uh, the long term contract. Uh, they didn't, fortunately, they didn't come out and uh, you know give give the you know the usual thing where the board comes out and offers their support for a manager, which normally means he's gone. They did it properly. They get they gave him a, a contract that was uh, either two or three years, um, and I think you're right. I mean, you know. It's sad to see him go from a from a personal level. I think he's he's the, he's the manager that I've most liked while I've been doing this. Um, he is Cambridge United through and through, and that shows in everything he does. Whether it's working with the foundation, whether it's visiting schools, whether it's encouraging players to do the same, whether he's talking about the team he loves, whatever it is, that passion is obviously there. And I think you know that must make it harder for everyone, harder for him. Uh, to to end up not there, and harder for everyone to make that decision. I mean, you you were talking ab- about the atmosphere was you know there was a really sad atmosphere after you know after the players found out the following day. Yeah, um, I think shocked. You know, just as shocked as the fans were because um, you're used to kind of being in control of everything and things being things not really surprising you because you know what's going on kind of um, from a day-to-day basis but when decisions come from above um, they, they surprise everyone and I think um, people didn't really know what to do or what to think at that point and like Baz alluded to as well football moves quickly so you know you've got to kind of lick your wounds and then get on with it again because you've got a game on Saturday. Yeah, and and and, and you, you mentioned this, Matt. I mean, it, it, it's an odd one potentially that you look at what was what was going to be a key game against Fleetwood to actually let him go before that game. But then I guess you know, had we then not won the game, then we would they would have been criticised for not doing it before then. Um, it wasn't the ideal build-up, and we'll come on to the game afterwards. But uh, I think. Uh, 
a, a different game, uh, different, not actually different players, but a, a kind of a difference in the the way in which they looked, the way in which they played, um, which which is interesting in its own right. But uh, we'll come back to that game later. I mean, as as a Cambridge United person, uh, you know there there was no one really like him, and it's 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 a great thing to have a manager who isn't there for the money, isn't there because of the, the glory that comes with being, you know, even a League One manager, even a League Two, even a non-League manager, if, if you're a fan, you know, there is that. I think he's there, he was there for the right reasons. I think he was in line with the board in terms of what they were trying to do as a club, uh, both off the pitch and on the pitch, and that certainly helped. Um, and, you know, he knew the he knew the setup well, he fitted in, and it was, uh, you know, I think he was the right person for the job at the right time, and we'll come back to his achievements in a minute. Billy, you were going to say something? Yeah, so it's like, when I first started watching Cambridge United, my first match was in 2003. So I came in just in time to see Cambridge drop out of the league and have the struggles in non-league for all those years. And even a few years ago, we wouldn't have thought it was possible to be fighting to be a solid League One club. So the impact that Mark Bonner had over that period of time and to be given that period of time because of his connections to the club is uh, is something that we should hold on to and I think has left the club in a much better position than we've been previously. Favourite favorite Mark Bonner moment? I, I know everyone, everyone's going to say Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, would, I would probably say, uh, for, for me, it was Ipswich away. Ipswich away, yeah. Um, yeah. The 1-0 Joe Ironside throwing himself at the ball, bundling it in, uh, you know, in front of over 20,000 at Portman Road. I've never seen an opposition set of fans so upset and angry at losing a game as well. So, uh, I, no, I, that I was think, good. I think my other favourite is Peterborough, and I think they were quite yeah. upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, for for those for those, I I I became a fan quite late because I was living in Australia, so this all passed me by. But I was there, at Braintree on New Year's Day in the or freezing cold in the in the stand that let in water. Mm. And I think we lost 4-2 or something like that. Terrible, terrible game with, I think, 50, 60 people there. And, and it was just it was just awful. And, you know, you remember those games and, you you know, the, the, the joy and amazement of getting out of that. Mm. And then to go through that again, for, to go from League 2 to League 1 with Mark. I mean, those, those are memories, you know, that, that, that's a, as a manager, I mean, you know, you know, that was, I think that was his first, was it his first part season? It wasn't even his first full yeah, year, was I think it? Yeah, in his interim. Yeah, so, you know, to, to, to have that as your CV in your first year, mm, it's yeah. kind of, you, you kind of look at it and go, oh, where do I go from here? Yeah, I've kind of peaked, I peaked on day one of the, uh, yeah. of my career and, and it's, you know, it's, it, you know, he's, he's got a difficult fight then because he comes in as a, as a, a, a very inexperienced manager. He'll, he'll admit mm. the same thing. Um, and if it goes well, fine. If it doesn't go well, then you know you're going to be criticised and you're going to be told you're too young. You're not. You don't have the experience to take us any further. But if you look at you know the expectations when we came up into League One, and then when we did relatively well, finishing mid-table in that first year, everyone thought that's it. We push on now. And, you know we'll be in the top up top half of the mm. table and then perhaps in two years we'll be a championship club and I think you know there was a genuine feeling that that was gonna that was a possibility which is great to, to have that enthusiasm but realistically 
you know, I don't think that was ever on the cards. And I think I know that Mark. I was I was going to play. We were going to talk about the Lincoln game, but I'm, I don't really want to play the the post post match from that because it's 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 all it's been done and dusted now. But he got a lot of criticism in the last few weeks for kind of being realistic about where we were and what we did. I know, Matt, you, you you talked about this about whether it was the right thing to say or not, given that it was going to upset fans. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's very, very hard. I mean, one of the things you, you admire about Mark is that his press conferences were were always honest, you know, about, about anything and everything, you know, whether it was about us or, you know, the way we played or, you know, the opposition or, you know, when there's been instances where we, we think the referees made a, a bad mistake, you know, for our club and, you know, Mark, Mark has never criticised the referees whatsoever through his you know, three and a half years at the football club, you know, whether they made a right decision, wrong decision or, or whatever. So, but I, I just think in, in recent weeks, it, it was telling that, you know, it's okay being realistic with, with what you're saying. Um, but, you know, there's two sides of the coin. When when you just lose to, you know, when you lose to Peterborough and you lose 5 nil. So some fans don't want to, you know, oh, yeah, they're a better club than us. They're a better team than us. Yes, they are. Let's be honest. We all know that. That's why they beat us 5-0. And it wasn't a fluke. They were absolutely miles better than us. But what you want to hear is your manager saying, well, we're not going to be that bad again, you know, in, in general. And we're going to go and spend these next couple of weeks putting things right and trying to work a lot, lot harder than what we are now. And then, you know, you come to the Northampton game where it's, you know, it's, it, the first half was, was a non-entity. It was, it was boring. You know, we barely threatened. And Northampton could have been 2-3 up before half-time. And then, you know, we, we fall two goals behind. We're not very good again. We're poor. And, um, yeah, we, we can almost get back into the game. But, you know, the, the red card kind of changed it. and We didn't really create too much. And then you have the poor performance from Lincoln. And as I say, the comments from there where, you know, we're, we're not a League One team or, a, you know, a League One club. And people are like, but, you know, at the end of the day, you've been telling us that you, you've had a better squad. This is a better squad than last season, which, you know, almost did get relegated. And the messages were just, you know, I don't know whether they were born out of frustration, you know, out of some things. As I say, whether the, the players had just stopped you know, taking on instructions. They weren't playing the way Mark wanted to play. Maybe he was frustrated at, at the board. You know, maybe something was said behind, you know, behind closed doors after the Peterborough game, which has led to, to what happened this week. Or, or what? But, you know, some of them were just like a little bit confusing. Sometimes, you know, we like it. We like him being honest. We like him being, you know, realistic and things like that. But, you know, there's a time and a place for it. And I just think, you know, the messages were coming a lot more mixed in the past few weeks. I think the pressure was getting to him and, you know, the frustration as well. And um, as I say, the the issue is, is is we had stagnated on the pitch, you know, whether whether it was him, whether it's the players, whether it's a mixture of both, we'll never know. But, um, you know, one thing that I will always give him credit for is that, you know, he told the truth as much as he possibly could, you know, and he, he was very real. But, you know, sometimes we don't want to listen to that truth. You know, we want, we want a different answer after a poor performance. We want to hear our manager come out and, you know, fire up, get fired up a little bit and say, look, you know, this isn't good enough. But, you know, damn, we're going to go out there and try and, you know, make it better and be better and work harder. So, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And as I say, you know, some somebody will, will 
definitely benefit from Mark and his honesty. And, you know, he's, he's a breath of fresh air for, you know, for a lot of people and yourself included, Tim, as you say, you know, he's the best manager that you've, you've had to interview with. And he always gave you time as well. So, um, it'll be, be interesting to see who the new manager is and what the new manager comes in and says once he's you know he's seen the team and and he's worked with them a little bit and see what his his manager speak is like compared to Mark's I have to say and you know what they what the objectives are for for the rest of the season going forward. Yeah, we'll come we'll come back to new manager in a minute, but uh, I, yeah, I think I think it it is interesting. I that after, before the Northampton post match, he came out and uh, he he apologised in advance and said, you know, it, it's really hard. I, I'm I'm not quite sure that that I'm going to be on the ball for for answering questions and everything. And and then he you know he gave what was obviously a very painful. Um, interview for him not not because of that particular loss but because of a combination of the the Peterborough one then the time off and then uh, another loss and 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 both of them poor performances rather than or as well as being a loss and he just he just seemed to be kind of not lost he knew what he wanted to say but it, it you could tell the frustration you could tell the pain of 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 the performances and you could tell the frustration of uh you know he's obviously doing what he can to get people you know playing the way they should and it, it just wasn't working on the pitch and you know it, it, he he's the manager and, and and carries the ultimate can hence that's why he goes um but once the players step out onto the pitch it's their performance that makes or breaks him it it is interesting as well that uh, you know actually look through through the criticism over recent weeks and months, it, it's all it's all Mark Bonner's fault until something goes right, and then the players have done really well, which I always find rich, interesting. It's either his fault or it's not his fault. You can't you can't pick and choose which performances are his fault and which which ones the players have done well in. But I guess again, that's the that's the problem with being a football manager. Thousands of people every week stand up on the terraces and tell you exactly what you should be doing, and they know better than you. And uh, you know you, you should be out. <coughs> And whatever else, and that's the way it is. Um, it is a peculiarly odd job that there's that many people who will tell you to your face they know better than you about the job <laughs> you're doing, even though they've got no idea. I mean, I sit here and do this radio show and pretend I know anything, but but it's not that way really. Um, so, I mean, let's let's look forward then. I mean. Do you, first of all, let's and again, I don't I don't want to diss people anywhere, but um, what's the feeling on? Do we, we are? I mean, we're looking outside. Are we going to make an outside appointment, or would someone like Barry Core or Kevin Betsy would they would they potentially be in the? Well, I presume they would potentially be in the running if they've declared themselves. But would that necessarily be a good thing or a bad thing, Billy? Well, speaking to Barry Core yesterday, he seems to think that he's going to just be there for a short time, just taking charge. Uh, he mentioned... Not, yeah, he's not, not that he's going to be there for a short time, he's, he's going to be in charge for a yeah, short time. Yeah, in, <laughs> in terms of being interim manager, he's only going to be there for the short term. He mentioned that a few informal talks have already started yeah. um, with people, so I don't think he's thinking that 
uh, he's going to get the position. But, I mean, you know, if he uh, gets given another game, I mean, this is what happened with Mark Bonner. This is how he started. Well, and that's the interesting thing. One, one, one minor criticism of Barry Core is if, if he does get the job, he'd have to learn to speak up in the uh, post-match interviews because <laughs> <laughs> balancing the, balancing the uh, audio for that, for, for the post-match interviews, is very difficult with Barry. He's very softly yeah, spoken. Put some subtitles yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's right. I think, I mean without uh, I don't want to put Salim in a really difficult position here but who do you want as manager <laughs> I mean what 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 do the club need? I mean I, I said the, the difficulty is that the managers that are likely to come and be there the ones that are in the running are all people that have been removed from previous jobs that's why they're that's why they're available to us we're not going to be able to go out and or at least I would very much doubt we can go out and and, and wrestle away a, a successful manager from another team because that would cost us a lot of money you know, do you when you look at this as a player, do you have a favourite even, or do you, is it just like, well, you know, it's no, it's, I can't do anything about it. I'll just play again, play play under whoever is selected. I think um, you know, like you said, it's a difficult, it's a really difficult decision um, for the board to make. Um, like you mentioned, it's not like we're going to suddenly get really, really successful managers mm-hmm. because really, really successful managers are already employed. You know, and really, really successful teams have the right manager already. So they're also going to be inheriting a, uh, a team that's having a tough time at the moment. Um, so I think primarily it, they need to look for a candidate that aligns with the vision that they want because you don't just get a manager and it's an instant fix. No manager just brings results straight away. You need you know that gelling time. Even at the top level, you look at... Uh, like Liverpool when Jurgen Klopp first went there and you know like when Jose Mourinho went back to Chelsea and all of these top well-renowned managers it it takes time Um, so first and foremost they need to get someone in that aligns with their vision aligns with understands what it means to be a Cambridge United manager and understands where the club's been and where the club wants to go Um, because to get someone to come in that perhaps isn't like Mark and is really really unrealistic and thinks that from the position that we are now, we should be pushing, uh, winning the league, for instance, or, or playoffs, or you know, and it has yeah, that really, <laughs> yeah, that real um, impatience and then frustration, and then before you know it, they're gone as well because yeah, because of the conflict. Um, it, yeah, they need to get. That's what they can look to get right, and I think that's a really difficult job because. You know, like with any job, you don't really know what the person's going to bring until they've brought it, and perhaps that can be too late sometimes. And for you as a player, you know, what what specifically are you looking for in terms of a transition? Oh, as a player? <laughs> uh, oh, well, difficult one. Um, I think someone that will just... Con- just bring you know the right culture where everyone wants to improve including that manager so Mm. everyone whether you're a young player or a senior player you can come in and work under that manager whether you're in the team you're not in the team and you still feel like okay I've got an equal shot an equal chance of you know being involved in this project and um, I want to work hard to develop myself and improve myself and that's the same for everyone whether you're the manager whether you're physio whether you're young player senior player you know you all want to contribute to the Mm -hmm. project and take the club and the direction that we all want to see it going. I think that primarily is what's important. It's interesting because if you look back 
over previous appointments. One of the things that's been stressed is that we are we have a structure and that structure will stay, um, which kind of suggests that, I mean, one of the reasons I think Mark was appointed was because obviously he fitted into that. Um, it, it's not, it's not going to be a manager who comes in and brings his entire staff with them, um, which, which is going to be interesting because obviously, you know, and I don't pretend to know anything about this, but but Danny Cowley comes with 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 uh, a partner, <laughs> you know. So uh, uh, psychic. Uh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> but but it, but it's interesting that you know that probably wouldn't fit. That that's the thing that I think might count against him because that's not what we're looking for because obviously if 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 the, if nicky comes in with danny then you know presumably one of or both of barry and, and kevin would have to then move on somewhere because yeah. you're not gonna we're not going to support that many people and that mm. we've we've looked at that in the past where we've never seen a manager come in and bring their own staff so that that would be quite <coughs> interesting to see the the other thing as well is that I saw that there was a comment. I, sorry, I keep quoting the forums as though they're, they're any more of a fount of knowledge than I have. But it, it, some, someone said uh, it, it's the best thing. It's the best thing that could have happened because now we can go to the transfer window and strengthen the club. And I, I, I don't know where people, I don't know where people get this from. I mean, you know, they, they talk about there was a, there was a brilliant comment about we can spend we can spend nine million on the training ground, but we can't even find money for players. And of course, we all know. First of all, they didn't spend nine million on the training ground and secondly that's a very that's a completely different thing one is preparing the club for the long-term future i mean you, you could argue that we're going to spend m much more than three million i think the training ground cost in the end mm. we're going to spend much more than that on renovating the stadium over five years but yeah. you're not going to say that oh well look at all the money we can't spend on players because we're renovating the stadium it's a different thing it's about it's about the lifetime of the club organic growth yeah and 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 matt i mean you know we, we're not going to suddenly find well i mean who knows we might be pleasantly surprised and they might put some money in the transfer window but we're not going to be go, you know we're not going to be able to go out and buy the best strikers because funnily enough the best strikers are already playing for clubs in exactly the same way yeah. as the best managers are playing for clubs yeah absolutely and uh, that's the thing isn't it i mean you know the, the the positive that the new manager will have is the fact that he can assess the squad ahead of the january window and if there are, if there's a potential that you know one or two players might want to move on, for instance, or he wants to move one or two players on himself, then he he's got that opportunity to do so. And if there's a you know a lonely player that they can do, you know he's got a contact, or you know that he can work with Ben Strang through their contacts and bring in this lone player that you know potentially we might not be able to have got at the time. Um, there's that opportunity as well. But as you say, you know, you're not going to go and find out 20 goal a season striker straight away and you can't certainly be offering, you know, millions of pounds for him because we don't have that money. Like Celine says, it's organic growth. What we're focused on is the organic growth of the football club. It's already started with the new training facilities, which I think are, a, you know, a fantastic selling point to any new potential manager and any new potential signings in the first place now, but I think that's more looking at towards the summer than anything else. And then as, as the new plans come out for what we're going to do with redeveloping the stadium and everything, they're also a bit of a selling point for any potential signings. Like, you know, look what we're going to have in sort of two years, three years, you know, and even longer if, if you're still here at the club at the time. So, 
um, you know, there, there's there's pros and cons to it all about the the, the timing of the, of the decision. Um, you know, I, I'm still in the you know in the favour that it was the right time because the new manager does have that time to to have a look. And as I say, you know, some of these players with an external voice that they haven't heard for sort of you know two three seasons might suddenly just sort of, you know, pick up a little bit more. And as I say, you know, based on yesterday's game, you know, they've got a point to prove. And when they've got a point to prove, they, you know, they put in a really good attacking performance. So, and as long as it continues until the, the appointment is made, and, you know, as, as Salim says as well, you know, it's about the fitting in with the culture of the football club rather than what their idea of what their the culture should be. Um, you know, the, the process will keep going on. I and, mean, you know, whether they happen to think it's going to be, you know, that Barry and Kevin going forward for a little while and or potentially taking it over, although I think Barry ruled himself out for it anyway because it is going to be an external voice. Um, you know, it, it could be a positive, you know, just a fresh set of eyes and ears and some fresh ideas, but to fit in with, you know, the way the way Brown Cambridge is and Cambridge United as a football club is. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And there's there's lots of names and, you know, there's lots of players that they, they might even potentially be looking at now ready for, for the January window. So, um, you know, interesting times for sure, you know. And the, but there's a lot of football to be played first. It, it, that's the more important thing right now. And it's points that we need, you know, in, in the short term before, you know, thinking about that January window and, and the internet that they, they might want to make. Salim, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I think just um, on what Matt was saying there was spot on um, in terms of a lot of games to be played. I'm just looking at the fixture list now. Um, whilst we're saying that a manager will come in you know, ahead of the January window, uh, we've got, what, 11 games between now and the end of January. So yeah, on the yeah. one hand, you look at, OK, he comes in, there's time to look at players, but there's also not time because... 11 games is a lot of games it's to get results. Yeah, it's it's going it's to be heads down. It's not going to yeah. be like the luxury of, OK, we'll, we'll look at you over a pre-season or yeah. we'll look at you over a four-week period. Like The results have to be almost instantaneous. Yeah. And it's a really, really, really high mountain to climb in terms of you know what you're asking for, what you're looking for. But I guess that that is the task. And I mean, whoever's walking into it needs I, to be ready for I that. Presume, I presume realistically the board are saying, you know, keep, keep, us, keep us up. You know, if if you get mid table, that will be that will be success. As long as we're out of the relegation zone for you know till the end of the season, that will be that will be acceptable. And then you build over the summer because in many respects, if they've got some money, you kind of potentially rather they wait until summer when players who, you know, players become available rather than you having to yeah. buy from you know from what's not go- who's not got a club or who's not doing well at a club at the moment. You might be able to take a gamble on, you know, a, a lower league player, but that that. You know, work brilliantly for us, Paul Mullin, and uh, yeah. isn't isn't you know isn't necessarily repeatable. So it, it's always very difficult. But uh, it's a puzzle, uh, really. Yeah, you know, I, and just got to find the missing pieces and reconstruct it. It's yeah, changing yeah. all the time. So that's, that's very that's, good. That's yeah. very you like deep. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Man of great work. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, on that, I think we'll probably draw the line on uh, talking about Mark Bonner and and uh, having gone and. Um, Matt, you're welcome to stay with us, but uh, if you want to, if you want to leave, then uh, that's fantastic. Thanks very much for joining us. But uh, feel free to stay on the line if you want. Um, 
So, uh, it, obviously, we go into uh, the game on Saturday. Um, a, I mean, especially in the context of what what's happened and where we are, if your league form isn't great, then you've got the opportunity to, you know, to get <coughs> out there and... and, and prove that you can do something um the fa cup is a great competition it's built for the built for clubs like us as we've seen in the past you know you draw against united at home and you you, you know you go to old trafford seventy thousand people there and we out sing the united fans uh, by some margin um and then we uh, you know newcastle we go and uh, uh, get a win there that nobody believed but also you've got aster kers and ashton where we struggle mm-hmm. to beat them over two legs and we've got guys yeah. who we lost badly to and that's that's the beauty of the cup so I, I made this comment last week that I wonder whether part of the league, the dip in league form was because everyone's kind of got one eye on the FA Cup coming up and wanting to do well in that so that they can, you know, they can go and play at, you know, Anfield or uh, I was going to say, I always, I always lump at Anfield and Goodison Park together, but like Liverpool and Everton now are so far apart, <laughs> it's not really <laughs> worth it. But, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of big stadiums that we could potentially get drawn in Black. Blackburn, which is the actual draw, is a, is an interesting one. Um, you know, the, the the archetypal club that proves you can throw a lot of money at a team, you'll get some success for a while, and then it'll kind of all fade away a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, n- no doubt, an interesting game. It's one of those ones where you kind of. You, you don't want to draw. You either want to draw somebody who, on paper, is really poor, or on paper, who is a real massive club. The, the difficulty is that club in between, where you know it's not seen as a prestige tie in the same way as Chelsea or Tottenham or anybody else would have been. But you know, you, that's the way it goes. Uh, we shall see on that. But. It was it was really interesting yesterday. I mean, as I said, you know, there was talk about whether a Bonds had lost the uh, dressing room, and I don't want to go into that. It's kind of you know who knows. It's only the players now, and then I'm going to come on here and say that I Salim, <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't drop him in like that anyway. So. But you know, it, it, it was interesting that the team that turned out yesterday. Uh, you, you made the comment, you know, it's very difficult going in on the Wednesday morning to, to training and, and, and listening or <laughs> hearing the lack of the lack of banter and everything that, you know, people are a bit shell-shocked. But uh, to me yesterday, it looked a bit like a weight had been lifted off shoulders. I think they looked they looked more purposeful um, and when you consider what the only changes were I think uh, Jibs came in at the back yeah started on um, and I think that was that was it pretty yeah. much the same, same side so it wasn't the players um, it wasn't the they didn't play particularly in a different way um, but they did to me just look they looked happier on the pitch I think yeah no they did uh, you know I mean, as Salim so beautifully put it earlier, you know, the, the puzzle pieces, are they're all there. No, you're not allowed to use this one. That's <laughs> I can't say it as well. I, I'm, not as, uh, I'm not as good with my words as Salim is. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the you saw desire, you saw effort. And I think that in terms of creating chances, taking chances, you know, it could have even it was four in the end, but it could have been more. And we... We just looked like a good team. We'll, we'll talk about Gasson's penalty later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cringe, cringe moments in football. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it should have uh, for for those who haven't seen it, uh, go and have a look at it on the highlights. And you don't like to you don't like to to have a go at a player because lots of players have missed penalties. But unfortunately for Gassan, everyone saw everyone saw him uh, asking for the penalty, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it was as someone as as we were talking about afterwards. The keep the keeper had time to dive, yeah. get up, dust himself yeah. off, make a sandwich before actually having to save the ball. <laughs> and uh, I, w- I won't bring you in on this one because I don't, obviously don't want to talk about that necessarily. Mm. But I, okay, I mean we we joke about it, and and had it been had it been a nil or draw or a, 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 a loss by one goal, then we'd be fuming about it. But it's just one of those, you know, it's like Liam Liam Bennett's uh, you know thirty yard near near uh, near own goal and and other things that happen in football. Um, it, it was I think it was the most imp- unfortunate thing for me was that he was obviously looking to score a goal to kind of you know get a goal behind him and then t- to to not score a goal but to do it in such a way that you know people w- yeah. people will talk about that one for a while must must have been quite counterintuitive I'm glad he scored yeah, he in scored the end later, that was so we that, could that kind was, of that uh, was the big thing and that was yeah. that was the nice thing as well the goals were, the goals were spread around yeah. which is which is really good it, you know people need goals to bring confidence back we get the result we score you know we we, we get a clean sheet which you know, you've got Stockley and Marriott up front. That's that's not a, that's a fairly potent strike force. Okay, admittedly, both of them are, are, are struggling a bit at the moment, and that's why Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood probably did us some favours as well because I don't think they played. I don't think they played particularly well. Mm. But the important thing is, we're in the hat. We get Blackburn, and now we're into the third round. And I think that's one hundred and eight thousand pounds now in the t- the two rounds. So that's again big big <laughs> money come in. Um, so uh, you know that that potentially gives us some thing for the January transfer window or for next summer um, but the other thing that the other thing that was very different at the end was the supporters went home happy and mm. that was you, there was there, uh, there was just a, there was just a it was I mean the, the, the new market road name were bouncing yeah, literally were. bouncing yeah. and I, you could see, yeah. it, it was it was it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to <clears throat> see and it's, it's not surprising you know winning a game um, but uh, it, it wasn't a huge crowd I no. think the weather, the weather was probably I guess it's freezing yeah, yeah. cold but uh, it felt bigger to be honest it felt it, like there was more well, people uh, there than 3,000 people it, it was it, that was interesting I wonder I, and I wonder what it had Tuesday not happened mm. um, whether that would have been a different uh, mm. or whether people were just you know were they assuming it'll still be a rubbish game it's the same team and uh, you know we're not going to win or or you know I, I, was there a boycott element in that? I don't you don't know, you don't I know think what the, the, FA, the FA Cup's been a bit strange so far because um, I was first surprised with the attendance at you know Bracknell I wasn't sure if it was because they were a lower league opposition yeah. and that FA Cup game felt like something between a Papa John's and a league game something like you know in terms of attendance it was it was kind of between the two and if you kind of compare um, where we've been in terms of attendance at, let's say the Reading game near the beginning yeah. of the season compared to where we are now it's just you know very very different um but yeah, I don't know if if we should really read into whether it's got anything to do with. No, I say I think I think the weather will the weather yeah, will the have put <laughs> off those fans who weren't sure about whether they were coming or not. And if so. we get a big team, then uh, well, they'll, 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 all, all those. It's, it's funny actually because now it's it's one of those things like you, you look at um, you look at the uh, the United game. And uh, you look at how many people were apparently there at uh, at the Abbey that night, and you think, well, we, we don't need a twelve thousand capacity stadium because apparently we've got about a twenty thousand capacity stadium now with the number of people who claim to have actually been there. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it's yeah i think it, it's interesting because i think for a while the, the the fa cup as well went through that difficult period where uh, i think united started it with boy well not boycotting it but not playing in it because it was the world it was the start of the world club championships and they decided that that was more important and i think that kind of that kind of damaged the competition for a while um, I think it started to come back and I think it's now you know it, it, I mean it is the best competition probably the best competition in the world yeah, simply because of what can happen in it yeah. um, you know I mean you get you get the you get the, all the drama we've because we saw Barnsley um, uh, taken out of the uh, cup for fielding an ineligible player and Horsham get to play uh, yeah. in Iran and uh, Forest Green may go the same or for- Forest Green may go the same way um, they're being investigated at the moment for, for for uh, fielding ineligible players, but how do you do that? I mean, well, you got fined. Uh, Cambridge United got well, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately, that Oops, was only the uh, former pizza trophy, yeah, so yeah. it's okay. But, but uh, you can say it's nobody. Nobody looks at that. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody nobody cares. But, but it is interesting <laughs> that you know. At least I think it was Barnsley. They fielded a player that wasn't available because he was on loan. He he was signed up to the club, but of course, because he wasn't eligible to play in the the main game, you're not allowed to then field them in the replay, which is why they fell fallible. Which is which is a, a, an understandable. Yeah. You might have made that mistake, although somebody at the club, the same as at Cambridge United, somebody's responsible for that, so mm. they should have yeah. known. We don't know what the uh, what, what the story at Forest Green is yet, but uh, uh, they may find themselves out on their ear as well. Uh, they were due to play. Blackpool yesterday but that never happened um, but yeah I mean a, a great game and we're rewarded with at least a, a reasonable draw out of it um, it's a trip up to Blackburn yeah. um, which always means it's always good for me because my mum and dad live just up there so I can go, <laughs> and go home for the weekend and, uh, uh, and watch the game but um, yeah I think it, it could be better it could be worse yeah we'd have liked Chelsea would have liked Tottenham would have liked United Liverpool one of the real big clubs but uh, I think this is a, this is one of those ones now where if we can if we can build up some momentum then it will you know we'll get a lot of fans going up there and it'll be a, a good time had by all and hopefully you know a fourth round a fourth round draw that could be uh, quite interesting or at least a replay even if, if we could do nothing else replay yeah. and bring it back to uh, to the Abbey that would be good um Anybody got anything more to say about Fleetwood yesterday? I think so we, we, we have got a little bit of football to talk about and we probably should do. I haven't, I've, got, I've had loads of audio here and I haven't played any of it <laughs> as yet. But, but I think the discussion's been really good, so let's not worry too much about that. Um, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about uh, other things. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, uh, yeah, what else have we got to talk about? So, Histon and City, unfortunately, um, we, 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 just, we were only discussing it in the WhatsApp group uh, before the uh, before the game about how things can get difficult in these winter months um, with games being called off. And then uh, I get one message saying City's off, and then two seconds later it's so's Histon, and you think, oh no. Then today we get the news that both of the women's games are, are off. So uh, uh, this is unfortunately part of, part and parcel of uh, following non-league clubs where 
where the facilities don't allow for uh, covers on pitches or full-time ground staff or whatever else uh, i'm sure we'll see more of that hopefully not too much more of it um but we do have uh let's talk about cambridge united women first of all we've got two bits of uh, audio from them i spoke to darren uh, they played the uh, qpr in the uh, uh, all entry free and there were a lot of people there um although it was again a cold day um but uh, spoke to darren after the game an unfortunate loss uh, despite having uh, plenty of chances this is what he had to say Darren, it turns uh, turns into a, a narrow defeat on a day when there's an awful lot of people watching football down here. Yeah, brilliant crowd. Um, in the first 15 minutes, we probably really entertained. They're probably thinking, let's come and watch this every week. But then, look, we wasn't good enough from that moment onwards. Um, last 20, 25 minutes in particular, the first half, and then into the second half, we just didn't really look ourselves. Gave too much time and space to people in areas where they can hurt us. And we'd already spoken about the players that can hurt us, like Grace Stanley. That, that second goal in the, you know, their, their equaliser really kills us. Um, then the momentum has shifted and, and that's always a tough thing to get back the other way. It's, it can be tough the other way. Um, yeah, it's a tough one to take because I think we just, we've been quite a way below our standard that we've set ourselves this season today. Um, and, you know, based on that first 15, 20 minutes where we look like the best of us, and it's really difficult to sort of come off the end of a, a game where we've looked probably the worst of us after that point. I mean, a dream start, two, two goals up within the first seven or eight minutes and uh, looking really good. Is it a case of a, a bit too much, a bit too soon and you took your foot off the, uh, off the accelerator a bit? Yeah, I don't, I don't think ever too much too soon because you you'd love to be too nil up after that, <laughs> that length of time. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think we just at that point started to do things differently. So myself and Ben on the touchline said, you know, we're passing the ball backwards to the keeper an awful lot, whereas in the first 10 minutes, we were looking to go forwards as much as we could. So we stopped thinking forwards and playing forwards, and instead we started to think and play backwards. It's a negative mindset. And once we got into that, it was difficult to get ourselves out of it. So that's what we've got to go away and talk about as a group. Why did we get into that mindset? What shifted what we did? Was it a case of we're tuning up and we thought from that point that we got it got it worked out? Because we shouldn't be thinking that. Football's not that easy. Um, but yeah, I, I just think we've got to work out why it was that we went into a negative mindset after that point. And it, it wasn't through lack of chances in that, you know, in the second half, certainly. Uh, some of them a bit clumsy, but, but there, were, there were opportunities there to uh, either get in there, get back in the lead or, or at least pull level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had chances and we continued. And again, you know, we've said this against MK the other week when we were going into the last five minutes of the game and into, into injury time. I felt like if we could have a few more minutes, we was likely to score one. Um, we had got on top again because we pressed much higher. But yeah, look, we can't get ourselves into that position. It's a difficult one to claw ourselves back from. And it's... It's just things that we've got to do better. Like I say, that second goal, we can't allow Grace Stanley that amount of time and space in the, in the middle of the pitch, in the box. It's just it's just unforgivable, really, from our perspective as a team. So we'll go away. We'll, we'll have a look at it all. And um, as I just said to the group over there, you know, it's all about a reaction now. We're looking to come into training on Tuesday and react to what we've seen. We're not here to have a competition about being miserable. We're here to crack on. So that's what we'll look to do. Um, come back in on training and crack on. And of course, the problem now is there's a, a long gaps between games at the moment. Yeah, there is. I mean, we've got a game next week, but then there's a really long gap. So, yeah, you're looking at next week and thinking it's a long old wait potentially. If you, uh, you know, if you're feeling sorry for yourself and, and um, you know, waiting for the next game to come along, so that's kind of the message. Really, is let's not feel sorry for ourselves, and instead let's pull ourselves together in there. Go and have five minutes where you feel a bit glum, and then let's crack on. Let's, this evening, let's start, you know, preparing after game day the things that we have to do well to get ourselves in the best physical shape, and then we're going to train on Tuesday and we work even harder and you know look at the things that we can do better. It was one of those games where, uh, you know, I think United were 
they were just a bit off form. They've they've played very well just recently. Um, the thing I noticed going going down there is that they've referred to they, they've they've got this. Uh, they, they fall into the habit of playing short passes that aren't quite where they need to be and they put a player under pressure and then that player tries to do the same and you, we've seen what happened at United when that happens is the, the position gets gradually worse and worse over three or four passes and then all of a sudden you, you're conceding goals and they've they've kind of got round that recently they've been, more, been much more positive in their passing without resorting to just hoofing it up the pitch um, and I think that let them down I think they they didn't play that game as well as they have done uh, and I think that's why they lost they certainly had good chances the interesting thing I tell you this is this I it's a reflection on the game I think the, it, one of the things with bringing more people in then the 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 chance and the abuse <laughs> it's it suddenly appeared in the women's game I've not seen that before <laughs> I think half jokingly because all these all these kids do, all these kids are chanting um, and I'm not sure necessarily they, they they mean it but they come up with something actually I was laughing because some of them were really funny so that they were coming up with and uh, the other thing as well is with so many kids there the, the decibel meter goes mental and it's at such a pitch yeah. <laughs> you kind of come away with your ears ringing from it but the nice thing is people ESA was cold but people were there were you know, probably the biggest, well, certainly the biggest crowd I've seen at St. Neots. The only place to see big ones is uh, when it's at uh, um, the Abbey. Um, but as I say, both teams uh, not uh, playing. We've we've got a couple, we've, we're going to run out of time here, which is which is because you know, we were thinking we'd never fill an hour because there was no football. <laughs> which one should I play? Should I play? I'm, I'm just going to play uh, because um, uh, both both teams obviously aren't, aren't playing. Um, the women's one is a bit longer, so uh, we've already heard Darren. So what I'll do is I'll just uh, we'll talk briefly about uh, um, Paul Burling and uh, the City game that was uh, I say unfortunately postponed. They'd obviously coming off the back of uh, a really good performance um, and then uh, a break in play they beat Haywards Heath 5-1 um, and then uh, were, were due to play today but uh, that didn't happen uh, they had a week off in between uh, but uh, Billy spoke to Paul Burling um, this is what he had to say No game for you last weekend but were you able to arrange a friendly in the end? Uh, the friendly got called off funnily enough in the end oh. um, so a, a long long week but we've uh, trained hard um, and uh, looking forward to the game Sunday and you said that you had a few trialists um, in your squad obviously you didn't get a chance to look at them uh, at the weekend but you know is that something that you're still looking to possibly do sign some of the trialists yeah so we've signed a couple of them um, they've been down to training and they've dual signed they're currently with um teams in the league below so they've dual signed and will be available for us on Sunday and looking ahead to Sunday uh, what are you expecting from London Seawood Seawood are always uh, where I can remember quite a physical team um, a little bit direct um, so we're expecting a tough game they had a good result last time out um, but they're they're not a million miles ahead of us in the league. So again, it is a competitive little league. Um, so we'll expect a, a tough game as always. And do you think that your squad is you know prepared to go up against the physical side and get the three points? Yeah, look, we've obviously got a very young squad, and sometimes the physicality can be um, difficult for them. But 
Um, we are mobile, we're energetic, um, we are learning to stand up for ourselves on the pitch a bit better. And um, yeah, I anticipate a good game and a positive result for City. You said that everyone had trained well this week. Um, do you have any injury concerns as well? Um, off the top of my head, we don't have any injury concerns that I can remember. Um, we've got one avail- unavailable um, due to other commitments, but injury-wise, we, we've we just got our normal right-back missing and she's been out for most of the season anyway. So hopefully no uh, surprises come Sunday then? Let's hope not, eh? <laughs> Um, And finally, the big news for the club was that you signed a new kit deal with um, ProDirect and Adidas. You know, what difference will that make to the club? Uh, Just bring a a professionalism to the club. Um, For the the last few years, uh, we've been uh, alongside the men's club with Macron and they've been great. Um, But a lot of the girls had hand-me-down kits and things like that. So the deal with Macron and and Adi- uh, sorry, the deal with Adidas and ProDirect um, has allowed us to get some uniformity into the team. The first team uh, are kitted out fantastically well. Um, our front of shirt sponsors, Ford IP, uh, uh, maintained their sponsorship and support. And uh, all the teams from there down will all look the same and give give the club a professional feel. I think it's important that uh, you look the part as well as play the part on the pitch. Oh, so we're so, we're so busy talking in the studio, right? We've got we've got just over one minute twenty seconds left. Uh, Billy and everyone else, uh, who, who you're looking at as manager? Well, the favourite so far is Danny Cowley. Uh, I think we've said a bit about him already. Um, you know, not had uh, the best success up until recently. His last success was in 2019 with Lincoln. Uh, Neil Harris, um, well, was in the league below with Gillingham um, and no longer there anymore. So that would, for me, that would be an interesting one. Uh, Kevin Betsy, Barry Corr, obviously both inside the club. We already know all about. Uh, we also have Nathan Jones, but I think that one's probably unrealistic. I, I'm not entirely I, sure. I was just saying, was just saying I, I think Nathan Jones would be an interesting one, it would be but interesting. I'm not sure. There's just something wrong about... Uh, Nathan Jones managing Cambridge United. Yeah, no, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's also Steve Cottrell, um, who's had... Uh, so actually, he wasn't sacked from Shrewsbury. He chose to step away. Yeah. There seemed to be some sort of uh, issue there with the chairman. And actually, it's the, same with, oh, and it's the same with Gary Rowett as well. Uh, he actually wasn't sacked and is available as a former Cambridge man. So, you know, that's who I would think is pretty good. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> we won't put your Salim on the spot. Thanks very much for listening. We shall uh, be back again next week. I'm, I'm off to Australia, but everyone else will be carrying on the show. Cheers. advice you can trust. Woodfine Solicitors offers a range of expert and award-winning legal services. Whatever your problem, running a business can be stressful enough. Without having to tackle legal problems such as contracts or disputes, Woodfines can help. Our expert team will advise you on what's best for your business, large or small, and offer high-level technical advice on a whole spectrum of issues. And we're upfront and transparent about our costs. Find out more about what we offer at woodfines.co.uk. Wood finds. Cutting through the red tape. 
This is Cambridge 105 Radio and on the latest Cambridge Film Show. On today's menu, we're covering a grand total of seven films, including, here we go, Ridley Scott's Napoleon, Disney Latest Wish, Saltburn, Turkey-based horror Thanksgiving, civil rights drama Rustin, the latest Hunger Games and Netflix animation Leo. Listen now at cambridge105.co.uk. 